It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Locked On Phillies podcast. Today is Thursday, April 8th, 2021. I am your host, recent Temple Media School graduate and lifelong Philadelphia Phillies fan, Dan Wilson. And on today's episode, recapping the Phillies' 8-2 win over the New York Mets that gets them the series, their second series win of the year, and helps them go to 5-1 and one on this opening homestand to begin the 2021 season. And look, to begin the year, there's a lot of different things we have to get to on today's show. The offense finally explodes in this one, 8-2 win over the New York Mets. We'll get to that. We'll talk about Aaron Nola not even having his best stuff, kind of grinding out uh, four innings for the Phillies today, and the bullpen just having night and day from 2020 what this bullpen has been able to do thus far. Five and one against the Braves and Mets. Those are important division games. And when the schedule first comes out and you look at this season, you say, all right, those games against the Braves and Mets, the teams who are favored to be the top two teams in the NL East when all is said and done. And you say, okay, 13 games to begin the year. You're hoping for six wins, seven wins would be good. A winning record, eight wins would be more than exceptional. I think at this point, if we're talking about this a week ago. The Phillies already have five wins in this part of the season. I know it's at home, and they still have seven more games against these two teams. They're going to have three in Atlanta this weekend. They're going to be difficult, and the Braves finally getting in the win column today. Actually, a pair of wins over the Washington Nationals and a doubleheader. They got three against the Braves this weekend, and then four up at City Field, and they're going to be difficult, and these two teams should not be taken lightly just because they've had success in the first week. But a lot of things are going really, really well right now for the fight in Phils. And I'm going to start with Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins has not only been a lightning rod bat for this team thus far, in the first week of the season, he's been one of the premier bats in all of Major League Baseball. His OPS coming in at 1.208, that is 14th in the majors, hit his first home run in the ballgame today. He already has seven extra base hits. His mechanics at the plate are looking better. He's hitting balls to all field. He hit this home run to right field. He is keeping balls fair and hitting them down the left field line for doubles. He didn't even start in Tuesday's ball game. Gets a pair of hits, knocks in a pair of runs. Reese Hoskins doing it all. and It really reminds us of when he first came up to the majors in 2017 and went on that absolute tear offensively of what this guy is capable of doing. The issues with him will always be consistency, and we hope it's it's not feasible, right, to say that he could do this kind of thing over the course of the season. But you hope that he can just be a consistent offensive player over six months to some extent. And if he gives the Phillies half of what he's doing right now over the course of the season, it is huge for this ball club. That takes their win total, the expected win total. You're talking low 80s, mid 80s, and now you're talking about contending for a playoff team. Certainly one of the X factors in this lineup. He has been great thus far on an offense that, frankly, until today's ball game had not shown up. So you're talking about the team being carried offensively largely by Reese Hoskins right now. Also in today's ballgame, Aaron Ola didn't have his best stuff. And that's the scenario where, especially last year, and really each of the last few years, I think back to the 2019 season where Gabe Kapler would line up Aaron Ola every fifth day down the stretch of that season where they ended up finishing exactly 500. And it never seemed like the Phillies could get wins in the games that Nola pitched. Sometimes it would be Nola's fault in his ERA in September that is noticeably worse than the rest of the month throughout the course of the season. Or sometimes it would be the bats. And whenever they would lose those games with Nola pitching, it felt like such a dagger. Well, today, 
Nola doesn't even give his best start. His stuff did not look as sharp as it ordinarily does. He gives the Phillies a total of four innings, and he had to grind for those four innings. 92 pitches, a lot of deep counts, ultimately gets five strikeouts, two walks, allows one run on six hits, but he was shot after four innings and didn't really have much more to give the Phillies in a game that they ended up winning by six runs. Connor Brogdon then goes an inning and two-thirds in relief after him. Archie Bradley goes an inning and a third. Sam Coonrod goes an inning. Hector Neris goes an inning. And the only one who allowed a run in that entire sequence was Archie Bradley, who allowed a run on a wild pitch. This bullpen has been phenomenal, and night and day might not even do it justice from a year ago. I said it earlier in the week, that Sunday's ballgame, that they won 2-1, to one, and Monday's ballgame, where they Matt Moore couldn't finish the fourth inning. And they needed the bullpen to just kind of hold a 2 nothing deficit so that the offense could eventually come back and win it in the eighth inning. Or today's ballgame. There's absolutely no way this team has even a remote chance of winning any of those ballgames last year. We're probably talking about a team, at, in best-case scenario, that instead of being 5-1, and one, we're talking about a team that has two, maybe three wins a season ago. The Phillies... With their 5-1 and one record, and so again, that's through six games, in 2020, a year ago, the Phillies' bullpen at this point had thrown 16 and two-thirds innings, allowed 26 hits, 22 runs, 9 walks, 15 strikeouts, and an ERA that was sniffing 12, 11.88. The 2021 bullpen, same amount of time, six games, has actually been asked to pitch more innings, 22 innings, has allowed 15 hits, so... 11 less than the 26 hits, 8 earned runs, and I'll even put an asterisk next to that. They were horrible. The team was pretty bad in Tuesday night's ball game against the New York Mets. Four of those runs came on what I chalk up to be a bad managerial decision of bringing Vince Velasquez out for a second inning of work. He walks in a run, and then ultimately three more runs come in to score. So half of those runs that the bullpen has allowed this season belong to Vince Velasquez in his second inning of work. David Hale then allows two more runs later in the game. If you take away those, they've allowed just two runs other than that. Jose Alvarado allowed a run in the ninth inning the other night, and in today's ball game, Archie Bradley allows one on a wild pitch. That's it. You talk about a bullpen that has 11 walks, 26 strikeouts, and a 3.27 ERA. That's including Velasquez, including David Hale, including the entire story through six games, not being picky and choosy. Total, total difference. But that was not even the story in this ballgame that we will recap. Usually I like to recap it in the first segment. Actually going to recap it in the segment, second segment. The story in today's ball game was the Phillies offense actually deciding to show up. Up to this point, they had kind of been reliant upon some clutch hitting in the first five games. Some not really showing up for most of the game. In Monday's ball game, for instance, they're facing Jacob deGrom. I get it. He's the best pitcher in baseball. But then they finally put some runs together in the eighth inning, and they get enough to get the win, right? You talk about a team that's only home runs entering play today was Didi Gregorius in a loss and Andrew Knapp in the game on Sunday. They put up four runs in the game on Saturday. Two of them were driven in by the pitcher, Zach Wheeler, and the other two were Reese Hoskins, who has been hitting from the get-go early in the 2021 season. But the entire offense hadn't really come together and put together a an offensive performance 
to write home about yet. And this is an offense that we know is capable of it. This was a team that was second only to the World Series champion Dodgers in leads a season ago. They were, I've said it a million times at this point, tied for fifth in runs. So we know what this offense is capable of. And they got out to a slow start, and they were still 4-1 and one entering today. Well, the offense finally shows up. Alec Bohm gets on the board with the home run, with a three-run home run. Reese Hoskins gets on the board with a home run in the first inning. That was a solo shot. JT Romuto gets on the board with a three-run home run. And the offense goes off for eight runs. Great, great to see. We will be talking about this entire game in its totality on the other side of the break. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at Built Bar. Look, Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or girl. They will help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high in fiber, and great for anybody on a diet. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order of Built Bars. One last time, BuiltBar.com, promo code is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your next order of Built Bars at www.BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Recapping this 8-2 win over the New York Mets, uh, finishing off the rubber match in this series against the New York Mets at Citizens Bank Park. Offense did not take long to get going. First of all, it was a nice first inning for Aaron Nola. Brandon Nimmo reached on two infield singles in this game, actually. He leads off the game with one. Not much Gene Segura could do with it at second base. Lindor grounds out. Conforto grounds out. Alonzo grounds out. Nice, seamless start for Aaron Nola in the first inning. He would have to work a lot harder in each of the following innings. But in the bottom half of the first, and it's again, it's David Peterson, a left-hander who debuted in 2020 for the New York Mets, making his season debut against this Phillies lineup. And Reese Hoskins, who was swinging a hot as bat as anyone right now, not just on the Phillies, but almost in all of baseball, he rips a home run, and he doesn't just pull the, he doesn't even pull the ball. He rips it to right field, shows his ability to hit to all fields. His swing is looking mighty fine right now. He gets it just over the fence in right, so he leads off with a home run, or doesn't lead off. McCutcheon flew out the center. Hoskins, second batter for the Phillies in the game. He hits a home run to right. Bryce Harper fouls off with a scorching fouls it up rather with a scorching double off the right field wall. Real Muto draws a walk, and then Alec Bohm, who has one of the nicest swings in all of baseball, just hits a laser laser to center field. His first home run of the season, and the Phillies put up a nice four spot, really set the tone early. Something that they have not been able to do so far this season, and they get out to an early lead. Aranola has to grind a little bit more in the second inning. He allows a leadoff double to Dominic Smith, then gets a ground out, a strikeout, allows Luis Guillorme to work a walk, gets a strikeout to end the inning. You go to the bottom half of the second, Phillies don't really have anything going offensively. Top half of the third, the Mets do get a run back on a Pete Alonso single, and once again, Nimmo let off that inning with an infield single. 
Nola then allowed a single to right field from Francisco Lindor, another single from the Pete Alon- from the bat of Pete Alonso, scores Nimmo, and then it was back-to-back strikeouts for Aaron Nola, but still a lot of deep counts, and he was struggling to get through these games. This game, by the way, took a while, about three and a half hours solid, and had a nice slow pace to it from start to finish. Bottom half of the third, not much going offensively for the Phils, and then the top half of the fourth, and this was an inning that Aaron Nola really had to grind through and work through, and you could tell that Girardi was getting nervous thinking about pulling him, but he does get through the inning, finishes it off with a Conforto strikeout looking, and that was after allowing a single to right off the bat of Luis Guillorme and a walk to Brandon Nimmo and then hitting Francisco Lindor. So starting to lose some of his command again. His stuff was not as sharp as it usually is. I thought he actually looked worse today than he did on opening day when he really only made one mistake running a pitch in to Pablo Sandoval. So Nola checks out after four innings. His final line, as I mentioned, four innings, six hits, just one run, two walks, five strikeouts, but 92 pitches really starting to lose his best stuff. So that means the bullpen's got to take it from there, right? So Connor Brogdon ultimately comes in the game in relief. That was after the Phillies went down quietly in the fourth. Brogdon pitches a scoreless fifth. And in the bottom half of the fifth, the guy, well, not the guy everyone was waiting for, but what the guy who had been talked about all offseason, he finally puts his mark on the 2021 season from the offensive side of the plate. And JT Realmuto, he homers to deep right center field. Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, both score and that was set up previously in the inning. First of all, Reese Hoskins, home run, pair of doubles in this game. Hoskins leads off the inning with the double. Bryce Harper, very selfless play, team guy, one of the stars of the team and who's actually struggled in the early going here offensively. And that's uncharacteristic for Bryce Harper, I'd say. A lot of times we see him get out to hot late March, early April starts to begin the season, just specifically while he's been with the Phillies, you think back to 2019, which is the last time the Phillies actually found themselves in the position of being 5-1 and one and ultimately went 500 on the year for some context of what this all means. Bryce Harper mashed a home run in the second game of the season, mashed a home run on the third game of the season, mashed another home run. They went down to Washington after that opening Brave series, I believe, mashed a home run in his homecoming. So he was coming out firing in his first few games as a Philly. Has yet to get on the board in terms of a home run, but look, he doesn't need to only hit home runs. The infield was playing back, Pete Alonso playing back, and he actually squares up a bunt and gets Reese Hoskins to third base, and on a dive, he's safe at first, and that's set up first and third for JT Romuto. He hits a home run to right field, blows this game open. Phillies go up 7-1. to one. Bryce Harper ended up driving in another run later on an RBI ground out that put the Phillies up 8-1. to one. The Mets would get one back with R.G. Bradley pitching on a wild pitch. Jonathan VR scored to go 8-2. to two. But that was all the scoring in this one. And again, despite Aaron Nola not having his best stuff, despite needing five innings out of your bullpen, it was an inning and two-thirds from Brogdon, an inning and a third from Bradley, a scoreless inning from Coonrod, and Hector Neris, despite having a six-run lead, did get an inning of work in the ninth. Only needed 10 pitches to get through it, but with the off day tomorrow, I'm guessing that was the reasoning for Joe Girardi of why he wanted to have him pitch, and he should still be good to go for these three games coming up in Atlanta. A lot of positive things. The offense showing up has to be the biggest thing of note in this one. And not only that, as I've harped on a number of times here, there's absolutely no way they win this game a year ago. There's no way Joe Girardi or any manager, for that matter, 
could have taken last year's roster and assembled five innings of basically one-run baseball last year and kept this game in a blowout. Like, last year, this game definitely at least gets close, maybe gets blown despite all the runs the team has put up. I always think back to that game in Buffalo against the Blue Jays where they had a 7-0 lead. Didn't even matter. Night and day for this Phillies team. It's certainly refreshing. Again, 5-1 and one doesn't mean a whole lot in the context of 162-game baseball season. Doesn't mean a whole lot when you realize they started this hot two years ago and ultimately finished 500. But it does mean a whole lot when you realize the teams they've been doing it against and that they've been doing it essentially without their best attribute, which I believe to be their offense, and that there can be games. We've now seen that there can be games where Aaron Nola doesn't have his best stuff, still grinds to get through the fourth inning, and is still willing to compete even if his stuff isn't on point, and they can still find ways to win games. Because last year it felt like Aaron Nola wasn't allowed to have flawed starts, and if they if he did, then the Phillies were done for. And it felt like last year the Phillies weren't allowed to have games where the offense took nights off, and they would still win games. And we've already seen that here in the first six games. The Phillies have won games in both scenarios, and certainly refreshing. And frankly, that's what good teams do. They don't they aren't reliant upon one or two specific things, or only reliant upon their best players to be at their peak performance every single night. They certainly need them to perform well over the course of the season. But if they have a night where they aren't at their best, and if Bryce Harper's not has, at his best to begin the year, and Aaron Nola isn't at his best to begin the year, and we're sitting here at 5-1 and one against the Braves and Mets, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. On the other side, I uh, wanted to preview this weekend series against the Braves. Also, a little hypothetical for all the listeners out there of how many wins you would take right now. I mentioned at the beginning of this season this 13-game gauntlet against the Braves and Mets. I would have taken six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range of wins. They're already at five wins to begin the season here. I think it has to raise your expectations. I think the Phillies in the early going, proving that they're for real. And hopefully that will raise their own personal expectations internally and maybe get more excitement out of this fan base for what this team can do down in Atlanta in New York. So we'll preview that series on the other side. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at BetOnline.ag. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. And of course, so is Major League Baseball. BetOnline, it even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that promo code is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for the 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data in nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked on Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, previewing this series against the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta coming up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All three of these games, virtually 7 o'clock, starts Friday and Saturday, 7.20. Sunday night, technically a 7.08, as the Phillies will be on just the second Sunday night baseball broadcast of the year, as much as I like the local broadcasters and 
would ultimately prefer them on a night-in, night-out basis. Uh, it always cool is always cool, I should say, when the Phillies find themselves on national TV. The pitching matchups for this series, something that I'm going to, I always enjoy watching the adjustments and how baseball players have memories that sometimes span like pitch sequences and stuff like that. I'm always infatuated with how certain hitters can remember this guy sequenced me this way a few years back. Well, it's not even going to be that long. It's going to be just a week removed from the first series against Atlanta. You're going to have two out of these three games are going to feature pitching matchups that were repeats from the week before. So it's going to be interesting to see how lineups that faced these pitchers just a week ago respond. The Braves, as I mentioned, finally, finally getting in the win column with back to with a doubleheader, sweeping a doubleheader against the Washington Nationals on Wednesday. So they do finally get on the board, but Freddie Freeman, an incredibly slow start to this season. He's a huge Phillies killer. We will certainly see how this lineup responds to basically getting shut down left and right in the first three games against the Phillies. In the first game on Friday night, it will be a repeat of the game that we saw last Saturday. It'll be Zach Wheeler against Charlie Morton again. Phillies won that one 4-1. to one. Wheeler, seven innings, scoreless, one hit, and a couple of RBI knocks to go with it. Morton went five innings, allowed three, run, three runs rather on six hits. Interested to see how these lineups respond to seeing these guys again. Really going to have my eye on Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler having the best season of his career in 2020, despite the strikeout numbers dropping and we had talked a lot going into the year about how good Zach Wheeler can be. And I said, he might regress back to the mean a little bit here, just because for years in New York, he would put together ridiculous stretches. And then sometimes over the course of 162, it wouldn't necessarily all come together. Well, through one start, he looked phenomenal. Really going to be interested to see how this Braves lineup that is expected to be, and I truly believe one of the best in all of Major League Baseball, responds to seeing a pitcher like him a second time, getting a second look at him this early in the season, and this time it will be on their home turf. Game two of this series will be on Saturday. Again, another 7.20 p.m. start. It will be Zach Eflin against Ian Anderson, a rematch of Sunday's game with the Phillies 1-2-1. Eflin went seven innings, allowed just four hits and one run. Ian Anderson, the young Braves prospect, goes five innings, allows just four hits and one run. The Phillies off the bat of Alec Bohm late in the game win this one to one. Once again, we'll be interested to see how these two lineups respond to seeing two pitchers like this so early in the season for a second time. And then on Sunday in the Sunday night baseball game, it'll be two pitchers who these lineups have not seen yet. It'll be Matt Moore trying to improve upon what he already had in his first start of the season where he struggled to get out of the fourth inning. He allowed just two runs on four hits, but the four walks were killer and only got through three and a third. Bullpen locked it down. Brandon Kinsler getting out of the jam that Matt Moore created with a double play, and the rest was history. The Phillies come back to win that one 5-2 on Monday night. He will go on the mound in Atlanta on Sunday Night Baseball in front of a national TV audience, and once again, it'll be Drew Smiley going for the Atlanta Braves, a pair of lefties in this game. He went six innings and just allowed two runs in his season debut against the Washington Nationals on Tuesday in Tuesday's ballgame, I believe that was. So, once again, it'll be Zach Wheeler, Charlie Morton, Zach Eflin, Chase, not Chase Anderson, Ian Anderson, and Matt Moore, Drew Smiley. Chase Anderson will not pitch in this series. He is scheduled to go on Monday for the Phils up at City Field in New York. So, interesting series to watch. Always enjoy watching the adjustments, the adjustments that 
players, both pitchers and hitters alike, make in a series like this, getting a rematch of the Braves, and we'll see it again next week with the Mets. The Phillies have struggled with the Braves, although not it's not been anything jarring. They actually only played there once last season, if you remember, once meaning one series, because they only played 10 games against the division, and they actually hosted the Braves twice. So they were 1-2 and two in Atlanta a year ago. They were 4-5 and five in Atlanta back in 2019. They've had some back-breaking losses, uh, specifically a walk-off that they, a game they certainly blew. I'm thinking it was like June of 2019, I want to say it was, where they had a back-breaking loss to the Atlanta Braves. So they've certainly had some brutal losses in Atlanta. They've also certainly won some big games in Atlanta over the years, dating back to the years where they were winning all those National League East titles. So always a fun place to play. Hopefully they can get out a win, another series win. That would certainly be huge. And these three games coming up this weekend, as big as the six they just played. And once again, that will be the same case when they take on the Mets next week. But I'll have more podcasts for you to react to this Brave series before we get that far. That'll do it for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Phillies. And of course, you can follow me at Dan underscore Wilson for give me feedback, by the way. You know, I always, it's nice to see how many people have been listening to the podcast, actually been doing really well uh, on the ratings chart lately. So always nice to see, but let me know who's listening. You know, feel free to slide in the DMs. If you don't want to do it publicly, tweet at me. If you want me to talk about something different, on the show. If you like what you're hearing, just keep it up. Always nice to see those messages as well. But if you think I'm not doing such a great job, I am open to any and all feedback. I seriously would like to get to know uh, any of my listeners to whatever capacity it is. And it could be that you listened in one time and this happens to be the time you're listening. Seriously, I do genuinely appreciate it. Or if you just have any questions you'd like me to address on the show, you're free to submit those as well. Again, that will do it for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Phillies are 5-1. and one. Look to keep the momentum rolling in a weekend series in Atlanta. We'll talk about it all on the other side. And later this week, I will actually have Johnny Heller on the podcast from Phillies Nation. So we'll be talking about all of this as well. But back to solo podcast next week after this Brave series and previewing the series against the New York Mets. Until then, I'll talk to you later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.